You're listening to the Scaling Culture Podcast, where we sit down with thought leaders who share their experiences building incredible workplace cultures. Andy Bailey is the founder and head coach at PetraCoach, where he and his team of entrepreneurial business coaches deploy what he calls a no BS approach to inspire, transform, and scale organizations. He's also penned several books on business and leadership success, including the Amazon bestseller, No Try Only Do, and a more recent book, Vitamin B for Business. Today, Andy gives us an overview of some of the tools he uses to keep focused, and also how he uses these tools to help organizations achieve their vision. Welcome to another episode of Stealing Culture Podcast, and I am over the moon today because my man, Andy Bailey, has given us his time. Andy, how are you? I'm awesome, man. It's great to be here with you. Yeah, I'm super excited, and thanks for doing this. I know you, you're incredibly busy and have been lately, and so, uh, yeah. And, yeah. Definitely busy right now, for sure. Yes. So, I'm gonna. this will be in and out of here so quick, I promise you. Okay, whatever you say. <laughs> so... You know, um, I don't know if you know this, Andy, how we originally met, because um, the first time we met, and maybe I shared the story with you, but I was at a GLC, Global Learning, what's that stand for? Global Learning? Leadership Conference. Leadership Conference in Panama. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. And you were, I, I, I was in a, the, I was on a board role here, I think, at a, I, I can't remember what role, maybe it was learning or something, and you were teaching the track in Panama. And I always remember this video you showed about how entrepreneurs have so many things coming at them. And it's this video of this guy in a roller coaster and he's just nice and calm and the roller coaster goes down and he's freaking out. <laughs> do you still use that video? You know what, what I'm you talking know, about? And, you know, Cameron Harrell was the first person I saw that video from, you know, 15 years ago or something. And the, the idea, the, the idea, the, the reason I use it is around focus, right? It's like, you got to focus on what's really important. And, the, and as you said, it's a guy on a roller coaster and they're just asking him simple questions. Like he needs to field a few questions. on. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. But the, when it gets onto the roller coaster, the quest, the answers to the questions become hilarious, right? It's just like, yes. you not focus on the simplest thing. And I think, you know, we have that challenge too. We get right. Around with distraction and everything else. So getting that focus on what's really important, that's kind of the message there. And it's funny. And that's really relevant during the pandemic when things kicked off. I mean, that that is probably the most relevant video. I'm going to repost that. I love it. I'll send you a version of it that has like, you know, keep focused on it or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do that. Yeah. And I'll post it and tag you. That's great. Well, well, I'm going to jump into it, Andy. Um, when I asked you to come on here, to me, from my perspective, with all my experience with you, um, you are like Mr. Accountability, get shit done. Like you don't play around. And, and so obviously accountability and coaching are two things that I, when I think of those words, I think of you right away. And so I wanted to kind of just dive into those two topics today. Yeah. So just, um, and that's something that I, I kind of drug around all of my life. Um, it makes me popular. and makes me unpopular at the exact same time. Yeah. You're making a lot of people uncomfortable. Oh, big time. Yeah. Um, I, I had a meeting just yesterday meeting, you know, a video, yeah. um, virtual planning session with a company and the CFO was telling me a bunch of stuff that I just like, yeah, you know, that's, I just can't agree with you. I know you've been in business for a long time and you're a really big successful company and you do great things, but you're saying you can't do something and I'm telling you, you can't. And that, so, so 
first of all, when did you lean into that? Because you couldn't have always been wired that way, or were you? Was this from your childhood? Like, I'm just getting shit done today. Or when did you lean into to, to the title of your first book? Really, right? Yeah, yeah no try, only do. Like a, you know, a right. to you a bit. But yeah, it's, um, I don't know exactly when it started. You know, growing up, I discovered my core values personally a long time ago. One of my core values is significance, right? So I, mm -hmm. I chase and desire significance in this world. And so Andy, sorry, when you say discovered only upon reflection or at a young age, you're like, this is it for me. Oh, no, no, no. Um, we actually went through an exercise with David, David Katz. I don't know if you know David uh, from Canada as well. Okay. He came down to Nashville and did an exercise for our forum where we went through and did a core values discovery session. This is many years ago. Yeah. That significance, understanding for myself that I have a desire to be and be felt as significant in this world, this, I think that's part of the driver of getting things done, right? In order to feel that, you've got to move things forward. Right, right. Uh, so it give, it's a balance, right? And, and sometimes that creates a lot of you know, discomfort, not just in others, but in myself as well. I mean, right. this up and did my run it's friday i've done five of them this week it's not i'm like you know it's be easier to lay in bed but it's right it's, it's uncomfortable to go do that it's uncomfortable yeah of course this is the thing right i mean i think that as human beings we actually like comfort and so well, that's why it must be hard to do this because it, you're talking about being uncomfortable yeah, you don't just like comfort. You're built for it. Your your entire DNA, your brain, everything in your being biologically is designed to protect you mm -hmm. when you get just uncomfortable. I mean, your brain says, "Don't get too close to the ledge. It's too hot. Get cold. It's too cold. Get hot." I mean, it, it, it your body is built for comfort. It stores fat. You were talking about chocolate, right? right? I mean, yeah. the reason you do that is because your body and your brain is telling you, "Hey." You need to store some fat, right? So right. go for it. You got to fight that with every you know, fiber in your being to make it happen. Well, tell me more about the fight. How do, you, how do we switch over? Um, for me, that, that desire for significance is greater mm. than the discomfort, you know, the fear and, and inability to break through the discomfort. So I think you have to find something that drives you to a place where you're like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to go get uncomfortable. Andy, I think this reminds me, because you also taught, uh, I took the three-year entrepreneur master program, and you were one of the instructors down there. I'm sure it was you who said, to change a behavior, you need to get to the why three times and, and you know, get to the real, like, why is something important? So, for instance, I'll go back to chocolate, and, and I'm, I remember writing this down when you were there, and, and it was like, okay, why is it important to... to to you to not eat chocolate. And my first why was like, well, so I can stay in shape. Well, why is that important to stay in shape? Well, so I can be healthy. Well, why is that important to be healthy? Well, so I can live a longer life. Well, why is that important? So I can be with my children. And then I was like, oh, that's what he's talking about, getting from there. Yeah, and even deeper than that, why is it important to be with your children? Well, my father wasn't around. Right. You know, my, you know, the story I tell is of Steve and Steve is always my fictional character that I have in my world. Right. So, um, we, I was working in a machine shop company and Steve proclaimed that he was going to lose 40 pounds. It was his big goal. Mm -hmm. And then 
it, it, it went from exactly what you said to be healthy, to be around for my kids, to walk my daughter down the aisle, all the way to, Hey man, my father died when I was eight years old. He was fat and smoking, never got off the couch and it hurt like hell. Right. Discovered that, Hey, you know, the reason uh, I want to lose this weight is not to be healthy, be around for my kids and walk my daughter down the aisle, which sounds really powerful really because I got a lot of pain because my dad died when I was really young and I had to go to the, it had to go to the emotion. You, he kept going till he got to the emotion. You have to, because there's no, that's the only thing that for me, the emotion of, of significance on this Mm. planet and significance with other people, you can't see it in here, but there's a box over here. If you ever come see me, like I've invited you seven times, Ron, Um, I was there. There's a box over here. Um, that is full. It's a, it's about this big, but it's stacked up three feet tall mm-hmm. with cards and letters from people who write me and say, you made a difference in my life in this particular way. Wow. Um, so that's kind of like when I look at that, it's like, all right, get out of bed, go do your thing. Right. Yeah. I've had an impact. I am, I, I am living a significant life. I have a tattoo plus 10 MHB. Yeah, what? And you know, you always post that. I asked Vern one time, like, what is that? He's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> what is that? So it's an acronym for um, have a positive impact on 10 million human beings. It's the wow. core of our organization, Petrofage. I didn't know that. That's yeah, awesome. So plus 10 M, big M, million HB human beings. Oh my God. I had no idea. I thought, you know, it's funny. The first time I thought it, I was like, that's some race. He's working towards the race. It's a big race. He's running lots and he's going for that one. <laughs> no, we have team members that have the tattoos. Even Love it. I love that. You have leaned in to significance. In yeah, place, for sure. right? yeah. Great. Uh, and so from, from a company's perspective, getting someone to lean into those things. I mean, how is Petra doing it? You guys have an incredible coaching organization. Are you starting with the top? Ron, we're going to start with you, get you firing at all cylinders, and then go down to the team. How, does it, how, do you, how do you scale that? How do you execute it? Yeah, so we do start with just the executive team. So if that's two people in some cases, you know, Ron and the partner. Yeah. Or it's, uh, you know, 15 in some, some of the larger organizations. And then we do bring it out quarter over quarter and get larger. So if you can imagine the first session that we put together, Mm-hmm. would be with a very small, intimate group. Yep. We do use some tools that we work on the person and we work on the business, right? We can't work on them separately. We do them at the same time. So we're going to use that. things like lifelines. We actually yep. do, you're familiar with this because of your yep. work. We're going to do lifelines. Now that's an unbelievably uncomfortable thing to break out in the first 15 minutes in a company setting wow. with, with people. Now we don't just like surprise them with it we have lots of uh, conversations prior Andy, for listeners just walk us through what yeah. lifeline is for some some wouldn't know we do a junior version uh ron and i are in um eo entrepreneurs organization so as part of training um they teach us to kind of break down barriers really quickly and get intimate with other people so we can have solid conversations and we do this exercise called lifeline that's essentially you know zero to wherever you are today in age and you graph your highs and your lows. So traditionally, Ron, we might have 17 highs and 17 lows, and it takes us two hours to go through it with our group. Yeah. We do a mini version. We say, what are your three highs and what are your three lows? Ah, you're taught, you're, and, but you're saying, look, let's go. What is the, like the high highs, things that you celebrate, you always remember, and the low lows, that bottom. It sounds like 
top, we always say Neo top or bottom, 5%. You're going like 2%, 1%, right? Yeah, because you got it down to the top three and the bottom. Yeah, yeah. And we uh, obviously, all, you know, once you have the graph, we want you to tell a little bit of story about each of those areas. Why was the highest high? Why was the lowest low? Mm. But it's, it's crazy how you can have a 25-year-old company and a you know, group of leaders who have been together for a decade. And if you can get the CEO out of the gate, and usually we can do this with conversations to be very vulnerable. Now we, the coaches are always going to go first and share our lifelines as well. And, you know, we'll be like crazy vulnerable in that room. Right. And that sets the tone for the CEO to do it. And if the CEO will do it and talk about their kind of, you know, dirty laundry in the past and start breaking yeah. down walls to, you know, they're human, they're vulnerable. Um, then it allows the rest of the team. We see teams all the time that have been together for a decade and they go, God, I never knew that. I don't mm -hmm. know. I never know that about you. Mm -hmm. And so the outcome being vulnerability here, which is the basis and trust, right? So, so you want to pull the team together. We're going to be working on some really challenging things, moving the needle. We can't have that without really being a tribe, having trust. And so you're using that, that process to, to, to drive trust, correct? Yeah. Just to start to build those relationships. And it's the base, the basis in, in form, you know, it's the base. Yeah. And it does build over the course of time. Mm -hmm. um, you've been an EO and I have for a long time as well, even though you do that for one, you know, in that moment, there's still, you have to continually build on it after that particular day. The other thing that we do, um, is we do one page personal plans. Like, um, this is my tracking system. I was just writing this from this morning. Oh my God. I saw that in Florida. I'm getting dizzy again. What is that? Okay. I'll, I'll, maybe one day I'll, I'll, I'll let you play around with this, but this is daily tracking, right? So, yeah comes from the one page personal plan work, but we want to work with organizations from a leadership perspective. So we'll take that leadership team first. We're going to build a little bit of vulnerability and connectivity yeah. and we're going to work on one page personal plans. Like we want to know what those people want personally, and then we're going to go build the organization to match what they want. So your personal plan is what you want personally for yourself. This is you, your family, your community. Yeah, it's rooted in, you know, you know, what do you want your relationships to look like? What do you want your achievements to look like? What do you want your rituals to look like? Mm -hmm. I want to eat chocolate three days a week. I don't want to eat chocolate three days a week. And then what do you want your wealth to look like? And if we know what we want for ourselves personally, then it allows us to go out and build an organization that kind of matches, right? Now, you're not going to get 100% alignment between those two. There's always going to be some disruption, but mm -hmm. you can get pretty close. So, so this is... Always starting with the executive and moving out to the rest of the organization. But the reason being back to foundation, you need to build the foundation before we're going to create any change here, right? So that, that's why we're doing this. Trust. Yeah, you got to start shifting it. Like, yes. um, I don't know, I don't know if, the, if it's correct to say you have to build the foundation because the foundation, they already have them. Like, mm -hmm. It's rare that we, get, that we ever... Yeah in and say we're going to start a company tomorrow we oh want yeah to yeah yeah of course yeah yeah so we want to we want to begin to shift it and make it stronger um okay. our company name is petra right so if you're are you familiar with the city of petra in jordan no so um there's an ancient city in jordan um millennial years old three thousand plus years old and if you think about it, it was, it's literally carved into the side of a mountain so the city is carved into the side of the mountain. So the foundation was already there. It was a mountain. Right, right. So the, the city of Petra grew from an existing foundation. And because of the fortitude of the surroundings is an entire like historical. Mm -hmm. 
in all of this that has now survived all of these, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of years. It's a really cool story. And that's one of the reasons that we, our name is Petra mm. is, is to, we want to go in and take companies who have a foundation, like, as you said, foundation, right? We want to move them into this place where we can carve their business into this long, it's going to be there forever kind of foundation. Legacy, right. Yeah. It's a legacy. It, it's, sustainable. When I'm hearing you talk, I feel the words that come out of my mouth are sustainable legacy companies, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and so you come in, this is done. We create trust at the, 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 in the boardroom level and that setting. How do you start pushing that down? That's got to be now you're adding complexity, right? Especially for some of your larger companies. Yeah. Two ways. Obviously we're doing um, all of the Rockefeller habits work, which is going to be, you know, what are the, what are the priorities for the period? What are the rocks? What are the, you know, yep. KPIs, all the kind of stuff that happens. Um, most organizations keep that information or that process strictly to a few people. Okay. They don't involve and engage the rest of the organization. We have a belief that a well-run organization has a few things. The first is every single person has a personal plan. Okay. Every single person has a set of priorities, a set of KPIs and a set of critical numbers that align to the company's priorities, critical numbers, and KPIs. And every single person is in a, a productive, not just a meeting rhythm, but in a productive meeting rhythm system. Mm -hmm. If we can get everybody in an organization involved in that, then we're able to make that shift from, you know, the change only happens with a few people uh, and it happens with everybody. One of the, one of the challenges... Yeah, uh, what's the biggest roadblock? Because I'm... I'm yeah. envisioning that as a frontliner being like, Hey, Hey, like get off my back with this. Right. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And that's where you start cleaning out the closet a bit as well. Um, I mean, you've had companies there's people in every yeah. company that don't need to be there. We know yeah. that it's not secret, but we don't do anything about it. This process is a weeding out process. Okay. So that, that, and, and the, the leadership team knows this, Hey, this is not going to be easy. There's going to be people that say, I, this is like cancer to me, get it away. Right. Yeah, and um, I mean, there's a we could this could be like four hours, man. Yeah. Awesome. Um, we really we look for a couple of things. We want in our sandbox, right? So sandbox kind of defined as ideal client, right? There's a there's some some metrics in there and things like that, but there's yeah. really important things. Somebody needs to be uh, fearful, like a company needs to be fearful. Fearful meaning. Um, I can see where we could be, mm -hmm. but if we don't make some serious changes, we're not going to get there. I'm afraid right. that we're going to miss an opportunity or they need to be frustrated, meaning leadership or CEO needs to be pulling in the parking lot every morning, like with tears in their eyes going, I don't want to go to this place today. Sorry, to, to implement change you're saying? Yes, exactly. Okay. That's my point, right? So if, if things are good, if things are pretty good, right? Um, then there's going to be complacency and it's not going to work. People call yeah. us and we'll, I'll tell them on the phone, they're like, Hey, we want to, we want to coach. And I'm like, look, man. And they'll say things like, what makes you different? I'm like, here, look, here's the thing. If you really want to do this work, if you, if you said it's hard, if you really want to do this, we will work with you. Mm -hmm. But if you just want somebody to come in and like facilitate and give you some information and kind of, you know, leave some info, like, don't, that's not what we do. Cause we're just going to piss you off and you're going to piss us off. And you're going to, you're going to make them uncomfortable. Yeah. And they're comfortable. 100%. And other people need, so all of a sudden the organization is comfortable and you've pushed on 
you know, this uncomfortability, whatever the word is, right down. And so you've got all kinds of people that are saying, what is going on around here, right? It's change. Um, and what's interesting too about COVID, and we can, you know, kind of dive into some of this is, you know, the disruption and, and, and change that's happened with COVID-19 has actually given our business this incredible boost because everybody's, we went from somewhere around 20,000 people in our database yeah. to 50,000 people in our database. Wow. Because we had that much activity on our website and people signing up for stuff we were doing. There's so many, there's so much interest in, hey man, um, we got to change. Like, holy shit, we got to change. We need a change agent. We need somebody in here to help us really be innovative again and think differently and do things differently. Mm-hmm. We got to change to better. And what do you think from a culture perspective, Andy? I, I mean, you know, I'm thinking of a few things as you're talking. One, I think a lot of cultures are being challenged right now. And some, and I, and I always think of culture and, and core values as a foundational thing, but, but that it has to evolve. And I think some, business leaders think, no, no, this is set. This never changes. And most have been tested now. And I was talking about this at a scaling up masterclass right before here in the UK that Neil Lewis was putting on. And I was saying about how one of the most draining things to me when I was building my first business source security was this process of bringing three people through change. I mean, it was just like this drained my energy and you know, as much as consultants and folks would say, here's the change process. You need to bring them through. I hated it. I really hated it and found it counterproductive. I spent most of my time on this where I was looking to hack the system. I'm always using this word now where what I did is put it in our values, change front and center that and sub language around continuous uh, improvement, relentless improvement. We, we changed to double down and we said, you know, folks here are uncomfortable with the unknown. We embrace change. And so that changed things for me because then we started to screen people for what changes they made in their life. Did they lead change, follow change, personal, professionally? Like, are they curious? The things that would allow them to already embrace that coming in. And today, my organizations are very different. You know, what are your thoughts on going back to values and changing them based on, you know, our experience, current uh, landscapes like pandemics? Are you having clients hold the line on their values or say, no, it's time to shake things up and look at this stuff. I would totally revisit them. And you said, and you said the word tested, right? So you're exactly right. Core values have been tested like they've never been tested probably ever. And right. a big event that happens in somebody's organization or for themselves personally. Um, but I think a lot of people, not just in business, but for themselves, right. Are evaluating and thinking about what was important. Is that still important? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think per, every person who has gone through this mm. um, can see that probably faster. Right. The thing I keep, you know, we open up a lot of our sessions now. We've done, I don't know, well over 100 virtual planning days. Mm. Uh, and we'll say, what are you grateful for? What did you learn during the pandemic? What's the thing? And over and over, it's like time with kids, time with family, time with kids, time with family. Time. So the importance of, you know, productivity or work versus time with, like that, that lesson we've kind of learned and that's a value set that we're probably going to shift personally. The same thing is true in businesses. I do believe, and we, we talk about this a lot, going back to that set of three, five, seven values and reevaluating to make sure that they're still what we want in the future. But is this, and I want to go back to this personal plan because it sounds like if I have a strong personal plan, then I can, you know, 
I can do my best to try to have balance. I know that's a strong, a broad word, but that, that I have some focus that personally, if I deliver on with my community, my spouse, my family, then, 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 then I should feel better about what I'm doing professionally. I should, I should feel like a better individual. Is that why we're, we're, you're really focused on the personal plan too? Um, I think to a degree, um, you want your organization to be able to serve your life as opposed to giving your life to serve your organization. Mm, That's like when we say the word life, work life balance, and I don't like it either because it equates the time. It's like you must spend half my time here, half my time here. You're not ever going to do that. But if you can get purposeful about you want what you want your life to look like, then you can kind of do things in your organization to serve that. You can choose the appropriate job, right? That serves that. Um, you can, this world, this entire work from home, work remote thing. That's this animal that we're all going to be dealing with already dealing with and going to be dealing with for a very long period of time gives us the ability to make those adjustments to be able to better serve. If, if the world has learned hey, um, spending time with my family is really important, like we relearned that, like we didn't know, we already knew that shit. It's not, it's not like I never thought of it. Yeah. Now we just experienced it and we're like, Hey, that mm. is really important. Great. Right. So how does an organization that is, uh, has the Work ability. That. Yeah. How do we go in here and say, all right, now we're a work from home. We're a remote work organization. Uh, we're going to build our systems process and organization to serve that better. So Andy, is that something you're going through with your customers? Kind of a, I'll call it a reset. Like, Hey, what have we learned? What's important to the individuals? Let's, let's put that up and make sure the company serves the individuals. Um, yeah, 100. That's like, so backing up just a little bit, obviously, you know, what, what we do, we would look out long-term three or five yeah. years. We'd do one year, we'd do one quarter and we kind of map it up for the quarter. Um, that all changed March 13th to, you know, we, what's the three feet in time? Hour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hours too much. Yeah. You're right. Uh, of course. Um, and we're doing two things today. So it's what's important for the organization, what's important for the individual inside of the organization. Those are kind of the lenses that we're mm-hmm. taking decisions and priorities from. We've, We've kind of gotten to, and we work with about 120 companies around the world, something like that. So we've kind of gotten through the 30-day planning cycle to the 60-day planning cycle, and we're getting closer to now back to 90-day planning cycles. Okay. So we're, but you we're know, it's, it's interesting, Andy, and I know you guys do a lot of, again, a one, two, three-year, you know, 10-year planning. I, when I was building up my security company, and I still today – I always found there's so much complexity around that and that things were changing too quickly. And that was probably because I was really driving change. And so I'd always have to go back and redo those plans. We've essentially just kind of purpose, values, BHAG, and the quarter. And I've tried to keep it that simple. But do you think we should be adding some more layers? Yeah. So, so the, well, here's the way that we look at it, right? So if I'm going to look out three to five, this is, this is no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my personal plan as the example. Yeah. Okay. okay? So my personal plan, uh, looking out into the future, yeah. So this is the top here is age sixty-five, right? Wow. So the first thing on here for age 60, 65 says, um, I have a home place that is our one place that my kids desire to return to often. Mm-hmm. I have a home place that is our one place that my kids desire strong word desire mm-hmm. to return to often. Now that's age sixty-five. But on my plan, that's way out there in the future. Yeah, it's like two months away. Sorry, keep going. 
Yeah, yeah, I got you. I'm, I'll, <laughs> um, so that's the way I want you to think about it. Out into out into the future, what is the kind of and that's not very like tactical, right? It's, no, it, but it can't be. That's where I think people get caught. That's exactly. deep, right? That's deep. The tactical would have been, I want a red home on this right. neighborhood. Like, right. what are you talking about? You know, but this is a directional piece, right? North Star drives me quarter year three year into a direction and gives me like tactical things to go do in the okay. short short term might be a quarter mm. short term might be a year right yeah if i don't have that hey i want to and there's a reason for all this because it was you know yeah. about the thing for me but if i don't have the um there we have a home place that is our one place if i don't have that mm. as a direction then like each quarter i'm going to go over here 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 Right. I mean, never get to that particular place. Mm-hmm. But that's the reason that when we sit down with companies, our three years, I'm not worried about the vagueness of it. I'd like some specificity and strong language. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I do want it to be vivid, desire, et cetera. Um, but I do want you to have a set of priorities that you're going to chase out there in the future. And so go to a company example. What does that look like from a company's example? Because what you sound, what you said sounded to me like purpose almost, even though it was a 10 year, right? It sounded like purpose. It was that deep. It was that impactful, right? Versus when I think of 10 year, I think of more tactical, although I totally understand what you're saying. But from a company perspective, you know, so Vita Living revolutionize affordable communities is our purpose. Yeah. Right. That's our kind of North Star. If we broke that down, I mean, we, so, so we plan quarterly, we try to say, okay, are we doing things that align with that? But how we go to, how we bring it down to a 10 year mark, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to use, uh, I'm gonna, I just grabbed yeah. a line and um, drug it over here to look at my five year priorities for Petro. Yeah. yeah. So the first one is automation and connectivity and everything we do, keeping FTE needs low and creating speed and production communication and results. FTE full-time employment. Full-time so automation and con- connectivity and everything we do, keeping FTE, full-time employee, need yep. low in creating speed, production, communication, and results. So stop there for a second. How do you push that through the organization? That was created. Push it out now. Yeah, that's the, uh, okay. Um, so every quarter, yep. as part of the planning process, the organization mm-hmm. is going to review this. So they're going to look at yep. home place, connectivity, and automation. And they're going to look at, hey, do we have priorities for the year that have alignment to that? Yes, this year, you know, we're putting in the CRM for the thing for some automation, and we've got yeah. these things. And then you're going to come back to the quarter and say, for this quarter, do we have something that has alignment to what we want to do for the year? Mm-hmm. And are we looking out far enough into three and saying, is there something we need to do this quarter that's going to put us in that place so we have right. this automation and connectivity and everything? Mm-hmm. And as a frontline or how do they receive that because maybe i didn't participate but i know what's coming um some do uh, some will some won't so what I'll, I'll use that kind of terminology right so some will some won't so what okay uh, you're going to have some frontline people and i i actually have a core belief and i've fought with leaders forever on this um that it does not matter your level of education your level of uh, where you came from, none of that shit matters. Yeah. You still have a heart and soul. And if you, if I can just spark that a little bit, right. Yeah. I believe that people will move themselves forward. I have a core belief. So I think people need to think about that first. 
the response is typically one of two things. They either shut completely down and say, just leave me alone, let me do my job. And if they're highly productive at that particular thing, great, just keep doing that shit. Um, we want to make you better. Your priority is going to be around additional training in that particular role. And then there are some, actually more than you would think, that when they start seeing these things, they're like, this is the coolest thing ever. Nobody ever showed me how what I do, this little thing that I do every day, fits into this great big ass puzzle over here and right. how I'm making a difference, right? right? So this is kind of feeding their significance piece. Mm -hmm. They can understand, and Jack Stack talks about this a lot too, um, if they can understand the, the decisions that they make every day and how they align to those things, then they'll make better decisions. Am I deciding, could we automate the filling of the coffee cup? As part of that automation thing that those guys talked about. Right, right. So, so you know, the message is important. So they, you know, you are saying get the message. So, so, and, you know, we always say in onboarding, let someone know how to participate in that message, you know, kind of inspire them, give stories, et cetera. But it sounds like that is important. So they know where they're headed. I know you, you, you threw in so what, but it does sound like there's a, there's an Im a potential impact. There are no downside, right? No. And I, and I think, Given the opportunity to improve and given the opportunity to excel and given the opportunity to contribute, most people will. Right, most right. Will. Now, Andy, it's, you know, as you're a no BS guy, it feels like you'd be kind of no BS with if someone doesn't align. What, what, what are you coaching, you know, at your clients or using internally for your own business where someone doesn't align? Where is it like, okay. I've tried this, Ron, this, this isn't going anywhere. It's, it's time, it's time to go. Walk me through, what does that look like? From a, if a company that we, that hires us to work with them does not produce the work? No, as far as coaching an individual who can't get on board with these, you know. Oh, so, sure. Like there's a, a member of a, of a uh, team. Okay, so yes. here's the interesting thing. Um, and this has proven itself over and over and over. And we've done this four or 500 times now. Yeah. Um, the first session, 10, 15% of the time that you're in one of these companies, the first session, you're going to see this guy smarter than everybody else, crosses his arms, leans back in his chair, is just like challenging you every, like you say green, man, they say blue. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. If you're, if you're a good coach, if you're a good coach, right, you're going to stay, because you tell them, trust the damn process, man. Right, right. And we're going to bring it right back to that every single time. So and that person hates a lifeline. They hate everything you do. They don't want to be there. They didn't, like they got everything figured out. Mm -hmm. That individual, nine times out of ten, becomes the greatest proponent of the work that we do. Mm. They're the ones that send us more business than anybody else, usually, right? So it's interesting. So you have to continue. Why? What's what's the aha moment for them? Where's the I think they have never because nobody has challenged them enough. Mm to actually think just a little bit differently. And because they're so, I think they're so staunch um, and they are smart, they wouldn't be that way, right? And they have abilities. I think they pick up on things and they accelerate their own learning at a speed that's greater than others. Mm -hmm. um, and they appreciate it a lot more. It, nobody, most people just back down from them. But if you'll just kind of stay in their wheelhouse for a little bit and you know, on an even playing field and nobody will, has done that for them. Um, and you know, as well as I do, we love that show. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's a good thing. And it, so let me go to real life. You know, when you're saying that that's a tough skill to scale, right? So another Petra coach, I mean, I think your DNA is set for that. And I think that aligns with 
you know, impact and significance. How do you, how do you train someone to do that or not? Like, um, um, we have, I have personally somewhere around three to five coaches that'll call people that will call monthly mm -hmm. and say, I'd like to be a coach. How do I become a coach? How do I, how do I become part of your organization? We end up with somewhere between two or three a year. Right. Right. So there's 30 people a year. We get two or three. The very number one requirement is you have to have been an entrepreneur, meaning mm. you have to have gone and done that work, right? So that's, if you think about it, the person who has gone and done that work, built from zero and scaled an organization to exit, it gives them additional ability to stand in front of the room and say, ah, that's kind of bullshit. And credibility. Yeah, well, and, and it gives me the ability too. Yes. Right? So I don't, it's not... If you've run a marathon, you can have a conversation about running a marathon. If you haven't done it yet, you don't know, right? That's right. That's right. So it's the exact same thing. And then there's a bunch of other criteria mm -hmm. that we walk through. Mm -hmm. um, so we're very selective in who that we bring on to the, into the organization. And then we kind of give them um, tactical ways to bridge that conversation. Mm. Don't want to smack somebody across the head with a two by four. You got to be careful how you hit them. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then we give them permission. That's the other thing. Yeah. So we want to also give them a little bit of permission to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, and what I always see, Ron, is there'll be, there'll be moments where, and I went through the exact same thing in the very beginning. We are like, I got to say this. I got to say this. I got to say this. And if I say it, I know they're going to fire me. And you say it and they go, oh, shit, they didn't fire me. And then they call you later and they say, thanks for bringing that up. That was the greatest planning session we had because you put mm -hmm. the thing on the table. Mm -hmm. It builds that energy for the next one. And so, Building this culture of accountability, what is the key factors in leaving the planning session to execute? And I want you to talk about that. And then I want to talk about key roadblocks that you see getting in the way. So let's go factors first to execute clearly from, from quarter to boom, it's go time. We're back in the office, back to the whirlwind of firefighting in some cases. How do we execute? And then we'll talk about some roadblocks. Yeah, there's a lot to that first question. Um, the, the, I think the first thing you have to do is get incredibly specific about what you want your outcomes to be. Um, we had a planning session yesterday, as I told you, and I, I don't do a lot of planning sessions anymore, but I just happened to do this one. And there was a few other coaches, um, an accountability coach myself. So it was four of us and like wow. six of them. Um, and it was, re I, I watched them this first time we worked with them in this capacity and they were putting out annual initiatives. Right. And it was like, this, these weak words, we have a set of weak words we use, like all of these weak words, uh, weak sell words. more, sell more. What oh, was yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you yeah. know, very, very try intangible, um, non, like you yeah. couldn't get there. So the, th the first thing is, if, is you got to get very specific about what we want. And, I, and, I, and I'll give you an example. A lot of people would say, hey, our quarterly priority is hire a sales manager. And the world would look at that and say, yeah, that's, that's absolutely, that's, we have, that's specific, hire a sales manager. We look at it and say, no, it's not. Because what does hire mean? If I ask you what hire means, and you what hire means, and you what hire means, and you what hire means, you're gonna give me a different answer. Mm -hmm. Do we want them first day? Do we want them through onboarding? Right. Do we want them making calls productively? Are they producing results by this date? Yeah. They generated $10,000 in brand new sales? What does right. hire mean? Every priority that you set has to be like beaten up to be specific. 
And are you using that SMART acronym there, specific, measurable, attainable, timely, to just lay over top to give them some guidance? Yeah, I mean, it's there, it's old, it's dated, uh, really yeah. specific and measurable, right? right. Because um, I also have a core belief that anything you put on, everything, that a lot of things are attainable that people don't actually think are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, 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 okay, great. So we get specific. We're on the same page. Now what? You got to get a plan. execute on that. The plan. Yeah. So um, in the planning day, before mm -hmm. you leave the room, you will have sat down and written out what you're going to do towards that particular priority for every single week between this planning session and the next planning session. But what if you don't know that? You, do, like, so, you can't tell me you don't know that. Well, I'll give you an example. So in my head, if it's a sales person and they need to have a, a key metric, key number, they're going to do so many calls, that becomes easy. But let's just say my priority is I need to rebuild the entire onboarding program for the company. We don't have one. Need to build what? it. Okay. So the end result of that would be what? That, that at the end of the quarter, we have a very robust program that new employees can go through and it covers off these specific things, our story, our purpose, our values, and that we, we, it's done at a virtual setting so we can get the data to understand how thorough it was. Perfect. So like this, it was just kind of like a planning session. Yeah. So tell me that again in 10 words or less. And I need to know what the hell robust means. Okay. So they, we want to have an implemented onboarding session that could cover off employees, even if they were to join globally. Okay. And um, covered off all the key information that we feel is important. That's why right. implemented is another one of our weak words. What, mm. what does implemented mean to you? Executed live. It means live. Not, it means that, that an employee can now take it. It's, it's completed. I should say, okay. sorry. So, so somebody could take it. Yes. Nobody uh, has taken it. At the end of the quarter, it's ready to be executed for the following quarter. Okay, so ready, um, so available. Yeah. Um, and this is an online system of some sort, I assume? Yeah, online. This, we have uh, availability for our online onboarding process for anybody, anybody to take. Any new employees of the company as of that date, yeah. Perfect. And, and I would give you a tool that we created that has 14 lines on it. Yeah. And you're gonna say week one, I think about the ne next week in order for me to have this uh, online tool available for you know, a new, new employees to jump in for onboarding. Um, week one, I need to do this. And there's three additional boxes. It'll say, how much time is it going to take you to do that first task? Three hours. Yeah. Who's going to do it? Are you going to do it? Or are you going to assign it to somebody? Steve's going to do it. Right. Um, and when is it due? What date? July 7th. Right. Right. And then we're going to ask you, and this is where things get, and this is a progression, Ron. It doesn't yeah, happen. Yeah. Day. Yep. Then I'm going to ask you to go to your calendar and I'm going to ask you to block off three hours for that week and put that task in your damn calendar. Wow. Yep. Yeah. So now we're going to get some things done. Right. And then we're going to go to week two. What do you need to do? And, and what you need to do in week two might be 10 minutes or it might be 17 hours. And it may change, right? You have to be okay to go back to this process. Right. That's the fourth step in the planning process. Okay. Allow for flexibility and agility, right? Uh, so that's yeah, the yeah, fourth yeah. step. But if we sit, um, I, I always equate this to professional sports or sports of any kind. Um, professional sports teams spend 80% of their time practicing, 20% of their time playing. Some of them even 99% practicing and 1% actually playing. Nobody likes to go through the process of practice. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to show up in the heat and do the damn work. 
what they want to do is play on Sunday. That's right. Everybody wants to play on Sunday. In business, we do no practicing, mm. zero. We go play all the time. We play poorly at best. But if we would sit down and take a priority, like I just said, that's the practice. Yeah, that's working on the business. The pr we're just practicing. And we're doing it in collaboration with other team members. We don't do it. That. Um, and when we br break it all the way down, we can kind of see, hey, this is what needs to happen. And, you know, just like when we're playing the game on the field, if we need to call a different play, we'll call a different play. Right. now, this is the way we're going to play the game. Yeah. I love that. Andy, that was awesome. I, you know, um, I, it's funny. I have this kind of in my head. Anytime I'm really on the subjects of accountability execution, I'm like, what would Andy do? And, and I, sometimes I text you, right? I'm just like, what would Andy do here? Because I think sometimes I get, I just need to move faster on, on some things. And, and I love the applicable practice you have. None of this stuff that you have is theory. It's, it's being done internally for your business and externally for your clients. And, and um, so, yeah, look, uh, it was great, great stuff. Awesome takeaways, even for me as I was taking notes. Um, I appreciate what you do. And you're certainly making, not only have you had a significant impact on my entrepreneurial career, I know it's been thousands of others. And so I appreciate what you do, not just with your books and speaking, and what you do for your customers and your community. So, so thanks. Absolutely. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you, Andy. Yeah, thanks, brother. For more information on Andy Bailey and everything scaling culture, please see the show description. We'll be back next week with another incredible guest. 